Let's review the first SmackDown with live fans back in, what was it, 70 weeks here on the Squared Circle Cycle Babble. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, let's start it off with the, the six-man tag. Edge and the Mysterios versus the bloodline of Roman Reigns and the Usos. You know, before the match even starts, I was worried, not really worried, but curious how the reaction was going to be for these guys. Roman Reigns, I wasn't sure if I was going to get a sea of boos or a sea of cheers, but it seemed like a mixed reaction for him. But Edge, my God, what a pop for Edge. That was a huge pop. They were chanting Edge before his music hit. Once his music music hit, it was like the crowd just erupted. So for anybody that thought WrestleMania was an artificial pop, BS on that. He was definitely getting the real pop there. No, and if there was any question as to whether, you know, there is a certain influence or subset of the fan base that is not behind Edge for whatever reason, I know that there was a lot of back and forth about his age and the fact that he's winning the Royal Rumble and the fact that he's going to challenge for a title or did challenge for a title main event. All that stuff, I think, can be put to rest because whether you're a member of the WWE Universe, a casual, I mean, last night was was undisputed. He got mm-hmm. by far the loudest reaction, even, even you know, including the first reaction for Vince McMahon. Yeah. Easily the most over guy, easily got the biggest pop and biggest reaction from the fans. Um, and that that's exciting to see, especially considering, you know, right now you do have kind of like this divide where people either are all in on WWE or all in on AEW. And, you know, it's good to see a guy and a legend like Edge get that type of reaction. Right. And, and I think a lot of people that worry, you know, why do these guys don't get over? How come this guy's not getting pushed? How come that guy's not getting pushed? Until you get a reaction like that, it's yeah. very hard to be pushed. So when Vin, they, people say Vince doesn't listen to the fans, listen to the crowd. That's really where he goes by his barometer. He doesn't go by social media. He goes by the fans. And that's why Edge is challenging Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. And I thought the six-man match was very good. Really, really good. Yeah. Um, the roll-up finish, I'm not too you know, upset about. I know some people are like, oh my God, the first match out with fans and there's a roll-up finish. But you know, it gives the Usos the win over the Mysterios. We know they're going to have the Tag Team Championship match this Sunday in the kickoff. Yeah. It protects Reigns. It protects Edge, who like Edge loses but doesn't take a pin. Roman wins without having to pin Edge. I'm okay with this. And, and, and Edge was made to look strong at the end of it. But that was the last thing that you got leaving from the segment, that Edge looked strong. He did. He really did look strong. And, you know, obviously, I think this means that Roman is going to win on Sunday because of that. Um, and maybe the Usos will lose to the Mysterios for the tag titles. Although, who knows? Maybe they they swerve us and have the Usos win, and then the Bloodline have all the titles there. But... Obviously, I think this was the good starting point for the crowd, and the crowd was into it all night, including what we got in the next segment. Sami Zayn comes out to attempt for justice for Sami Zayn. Now that fans are back, he has plenty of uh, witnesses to all the injustices and conspiracies towards Sami Zayn, but in comes a returning Finn Balor to -hmm. go after Sami Zayn. Two former NXT guys, and the crowd loved the return of Finn Balor. What'd you think of Finn Balor's return? Uh, long overdue. I mean, he did his thing on uh, in NXT and he won titles and all of that type of stuff. I think it was great for some of the um, the feuds that he had. He got to get, wrestle guys like Adam Cole, Karrion Cross, and that's all great and that's special. Um, but he's he's a main event level talent guy and he should be on the main roster. I mean, he he also got a good reaction from the fans. I think this was probably the surprise of the night. You know, Vince yeah. coming out. 
that's probably a little predictable given that mm-hmm. it's the first big show with fans back. Uh, but right. this was certainly the surprise, and I, I thought it was great. To, I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he's going to be featured on the main roster. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think this was a great way to bring back Finn Balor. I just hope we get the NXT version of Finn Balor that they worked a lot on and not the smiley Finn Balor that we had on the main roster that really didn't do much. Yeah. Uh, he was smiling a little bit, but that could just be, you know, being overwhelmed by the crowd being there for the first time in a long time. Um, mm. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not too hesitant yet, yeah. but let's see how the weeks come. But I do like the fact that they're going with Balor and Sami Zayn. Zayn could continue this character. He could, you know, I mean, he needs someone else other than uh, Kevin Owens to do a storyline with. And I think Finn Balor is a good opening, you know, with the fans back that Finn Balor can have a good opening feud with, with Sami Zayn. Yeah. And and it's no secret that Finn Balor's, and he's not, he's not a bad promo. I think that his time in NXT really proved that he can go, he can carry a promo, he can carry a feud, but Sami Zayn is great. So yes. it won't be like he's the main guy that's responsible for carrying this feud on the mic. Right. Um, Sam, Sami Zayn could be the confident uh, heel and, and poke fun at Finn Balor and you know, they'll, they'll, they'll have a good feud, I think, for the next several months. Right, I agree. Now, we did have a women's tag team match in this show where Shotzi and Knox did defeat the women's tag team champions of Natalia and Tamina, also set up with Zelina Vega and Liv Morgan on the wayside there. But mm-hmm. uh, let's head to the next match, which is Bianca Belair versus Carmella. Bianca Belair retains the SmackDown Women's Championship, Ralph. And yeah. I thought this match was... Basically an extended squash match. They really showcase uh, the offense of Bianca Belair in this match. Mm -hmm. And Carmella didn't really get too much offense in, but the crowd loved it. And Bianca was super over in this match. For sure. And, you know, there's a couple of champions. I mean, all of the wrestlers really deserve to have their opportunity to wrestle in front of fans. Um, But there's a few people who truly deserve it a little more than others. And I think Roman is one of them. I think Drew is one of them, but I also feel like Bianca is one of them as well. So Bianca mm-hmm. got her opportunity to wrestle in front of fans, have her WrestleMania moment, even though they didn't, weren't able to fill that place out and pack it. But, you know, now that we're getting a little bit back to normal, now that they're allowed to have fans in certain places, it's good to see uh, women and wrestlers like Bianca Belair really kind of relish in those moments because she is a champion and she is very good. And she's one of those people that is really an up and comer. And I think she's going to prove herself to be uh, one of the mainstays for the women's division kind of going forward for the next five, six, seven, eight, I don't know, 10 years from now. Right. And besides the Royal Rumbles that she was in, this was her first match in front of a live crowd. And I think she killed it. I think she did yeah. really, really well. She worked the crowd. She worked, you know, did her things that she had to do. I, I love the hair whip. I know some people are like, well, that's technically a disqualification for using a weapon, but it's like, no, it's oh, part of her stop. body. You can't. Yeah. Yeah, you can't call that a DQ. It's part of her body. So I'm I'm not against that. And Carmella, I think, was the right opponent if Bailey is injured. Um, Carmella does a good job at selling and she did a good job here. And you know, I think is underrated in the ring and gotten a lot better during the Thunderdome era. So mm-hmm. I thought the match was was very, very good and showcased Bianca Belair for what she is and and that is a star on the main roster. Now, I honestly thought that the Bailey injury was a work and obviously that's not happening. So what do you do with Bianca this Sunday? Oh man. Um, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough spot. I guess we're trying to, to figure out who's going to take her. Is she, so is she actually going to have a match? Like, is she expected to work a match or 
I don't think so. I think this was the replacement because Bailey got hurt, so they moved this up, and then they put um, they took Carmella out of the Money in the Bank match and put yep. in Liv Morgan as her replacement. Which is interesting because I, I think there's two people who I could envision winning that match. I think that Liv Morgan is one of them. I think that for whatever reason, the fans are really behind her. And it's strange because they haven't really pushed her. She was never really featured in like a prominent role. But I saw like one of those, uh, you know, the the WWE exclusives on, on mm-hmm. uh, YouTube or something. Yeah. And the fans were chanting, you know, you deserve it. You deserve it. Right. Um, but you got to think that the fans are probably going to also want to see Zelina Vega. I think Zelina Vega is a better heel. She's more natural on the mic. So to me, I think she is the next logical opponent right. or the most logical. Right. Um, Liv Morgan is more of a baby face. Why would you do baby face versus, uh, you know, Bianca? So I, I, I still think Zelina Vega is the, the, the obvious choice for me. Right. I would love for Zelina Vega to win just because of the backlash she got for re-signing with WWE and just stick it back oh, in the yeah. IWC's yep. face. Like, yeah. oh, she's a sellout because she went back. Well, is Drew McIntyre a sellout? Is Bobby Lashley a sellout? Is Jinder Mahal a sellout? Is Samoa Joe a sellout? No. But Zelina Excuse Vega Excuse me for wanting to provide for my family and myself. How, like, that's the thing that gets me. Like, you don't know the conversations that were had and what was negotiated. Exactly. So exactly. why is it anybody's business where she goes or what she does with her own employment? Somebody's business. It's just talking points and narratives on the internet as usual, which we all know I hate. Yes, I agree. And I'm starting to hate it even more to the point where I actually uninstalled Twitter from my phone because I was sick and tired. of. Yep. But uh, after Otis and Cesaro had a match that led to a DQ against Otis, giving Cesaro the win and Otis squashing uh, Cesaro after the match, we did have this Baron Corbin (laughs) pleading for money segment where he starts a crowdfunding page. And believe it or not, Corbinfund.com actually is a live site, but it says due to tech, due to financial situations, we cannot operate the website at this time. <laughs> yeah. You know, I know a lot of people aren't really big on Baron Corbin. Um, and again, that kind of goes back to the reputation that he's earned for himself based on what uh, certain podcasters and writers have kind of put on him, uh, the way they positioned him. I, I got to be honest with you, man. I think that Baron Corbin, given the right circumstances and put in the right role, something like this, this is what he's good at. I mean, he looks disheveled. He's upset mm-hmm. because he's not the king anymore. He's he's good in the ring. I mean, I, I don't know if many people are going to try to dispute that. The end of days right. is one of the coolest finishers. So look, and I have no protected. problem with this. Yeah, I, I, I think this is a good role for him. Uh, he's really buying into it with the hair kind of growing in, even though he's kind of balding and, and, and the, he's the losing everything, but gained his hair back. <laughs> well, partially, I mean, he's got a, He's got a little bit of a pompadour thing going on there or lack of pompadour. <laughs> but, um, if I were to grow my hair out, it'd look the same. There'd be a big missing patch right around here. And that's what he's got going on. But for a man who is disheveled and all of that stuff, that's what you'd expect him to look like. So, um, I have no problem with this. Now, the thing that I w- wasn't sure about heading into this week's episode of SmackDown was, are they setting him up for a face turn or is this like a, a mock at people begging for money with crowdfunding pages and then it's ultimately like him getting heat until the fans reacted with what chance? So I'm like, okay, oh, this, is, this is a heel thing, I, I think. I think this is yeah. a heel thing. But the way they were telling the story the last couple of weeks, it seemed like it was a double turn for Corbin and Nakamura where, you know, Nakamura and Rick Boogs were making fun of Corbin for losing the crown. And you are supposed to get sympathy for Corbin that he's 
fallen so far, but I don't know. No, I don't either so. either this is just bad storytelling or the fans just don't care that Corbin's supposed to be the baby face here. I just think that I I, I just think that he's people are are never going to accept him as a face. I don't think unless he they find some crazy way to get him over. Yeah. I think that if they allow him to be himself, they could get to that point because you know he if you follow him on like Instagram or Twitter or where, wherever you know he posts stuff, he seems like a fairly relatable guy. He drinks mm-hmm. whiskey. He cooks steaks. Uh, he's got a lot of nice cars. He's into yeah. cigars and shit like that. Guys that, you know, stuff that guys would be into, but you don't see them feature that as part of his character on air. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know where this is going to go. I don't think fans are ever really going to accept him as a as a face in this role. So we'll see. Right. And just like what we got with Sami Zayn and Finn Balor, I think this is a smart move with Kevin Owens coming out and stunning Baron Corbin to get another new fresh storyline in place with Kevin Owens and Baron Corbin. So I do think with that, I think Kevin Owens is out of the running to win this Sunday's Money in the Bank, although not entirely impossible because he could still win and then have the storyline with Baron Corbin because he could cash in. You know, he's got a year to cash in. But yeah, uh, I. I thought that was a good move too. So I'm interested to see where this Kevin Owens, Baron Corbin story uh, leads to. I agree. Yeah. I I'm all for this feud. It kind of gets him away from the Sami Zayn thing, which we know has been kind of tired and played out at this point. Now, granted they always have great matches and great feuds together, but at the same time, we've seen it a million times. So let's, let's get something different going right now. Heading into the main event, we did have Kevin Owens in a fatal four way with big E Seth Rollins and uh, Kinsuke Nakamura. Um, I thought this Fatal 4 was a great way to close out the show. I thought it was a very good match. The crowd was into it. Kevin Owens doing the elbow off the top of the ladder through yep. Shinsuke Nakamura through the table. Seth Rollins ends up winning uh, with the curb stop onto Big E, onto the that ladder. Cool spot. Closing spot is Seth Rollins climbing up to the ladder with the briefcase in hand. So what do you make of this? Do you think Big E getting the pin was bad? Do you think Seth Rollins, this is momentum for him winning? Kevin Owens having the big spot. Like, where do you come out with this? Do you think this leads to either Kevin Owens winning, Seth Rollins winning, Big E? Like, do we know who's winning based on this outcome? Well, I think it's certainly kind of strong foreshadowing that Seth is is the guy in the that that might be the favorite going into this, especially when you kind of look at a couple of the narratives going into the match with Edge and, and Roman. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Seth who already inserted himself into the match with with Roman and Brock uh, with the heist of the century where he cashed in. Mm -hmm. Uh, You already have the narrative that Edge wants a one-on-one match with Roman that he never got. And we're going to supposedly get that at Money in the Bank. Assuming Seth wins and then cashes in and now becomes a three-way, you also have the rumor that Seth and Edge are going to be competing against each other at SummerSlam, I believe. So I think I'm kind of leaning towards Seth winning this match now. On yeah, Sunday. yeah, but the way WWE books sometimes is the guy that's over on the go home is the yeah. guy that doesn't win yep. on Sunday. And I think what we saw earlier in the night with Big E and Paul Heyman backstage could be an indication of Big E winning and possibly teasing to cash in on Roman. Or he wins and then, like I pitched on our last episode, he cashes in on uh, Kofi Kingston or Bobby Lashley, whoever the winner of that is. Maybe he joins forces with MVP and MVP costs Lashley the title. Kofi wins, joins forces with Biggie. Biggie uh, cashes in on Kofi Kingston. And then you have that feud for Raw because they need a, they need a storyline back. They do. They do. They do. Uh, I mean, they pushed 
Shinsuke Nakamura for a while. He did win a Royal Rumble, so maybe this is his next push. He wins Money in the Bank. Maybe he goes to Raw, cashes in, and wins the WWE Championship. Uh, Kevin Owens, I think, is if he's if anyone cashes in on Roman, Kevin Owens, I think, is the only one that makes the most sense right now. But Seth Rollins could ideally cash in on Edge, but Edge has to win the title. I don't see the heist of the century, too. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different things. I mean, the main thing with this is you're guessing going into this, going into this pay-per-view, which, yep. which, what you want. You know, yes. you don't want to go into a pay-per-view with kind of the, the assumption that you know who's going to win. Like, you're really confident that this guy's going to go over. Right. Um, so that's, that's what you want. That makes it in- interesting, especially given that there is so many different... For all, this, the, for all the, uh, the grief and slack that people give WWE for bad storytelling and stuff like that, which at times it really is pretty bad, um, mm-hmm. the fact that there's so many different narratives going into this mm-hmm. uh, really helps the pay-per-view and builds intrigue, in my opinion. Right. And I think the men's money in the bank, like the fact that there's no like clear favorite, I think a lot of people thought it was Drew. Yeah. But it really, the way stories have been told recently, it really can be anybody. And I'm excited to see that. I think the only two that are definitely out are Morrison and Ricochet, but that's just me thinking they're only in there for high spots. But Possibly, who knows? Yeah. They could swerve us and maybe do give Ricochet the money in the bank, but I doubt it. But at the end of the day, who do you think wins both ladder matches? Um, I'm I'm going to stick with Ricochet because that was my original pick. Uh, and are we talking about the women's? Yep, women's. Women's too. I'm going to say Zelina Vega. All right, I'm going with Big E. I'm going to stick with my guns on that. Big E wins the men's. And for the women, I will agree with you with Zelina Vega. So let us know in the comments who you think is going to win the Money in the Bank ladder match this Sunday on Peacock. Subscribe, hit that bell for notifications, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Squared Circle Psycho Babble.